eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. I, I wanted to ask you, at the end of the last pod, I, I gave you a question. I asked you to think about it. Let it, let it marinate uh, for a few days. Do you think Daryl Morey, in his heart of hearts, believes in this roster? Like, do you think that the roster he has now is one he truly believes can be a legitimate, like, championship I think he does, although I think his conviction in that is not as strong as it was when they make these moves, right? Like, I think if you if you sat down and just talked to him off the record in, in a back room somewhere, mm-hmm. he would tell you himself that Tucker has not been good enough, that House has not offered them enough. You know, I think Melton ultimately has been a good acquisition, so you're happy with that. But I think by and large, he accepts whatever his portion of the responsibility is for this team not being good enough. Like the front office, and I've said this to you, I've written it a bunch. I don't think the front office has been in a a spot where they're like, well, this is Doc's fault and they're going to throw him under the bus. I think this has been treated as we're all in this together. We made this bed as a group. We got to lay in it. We got to figure it out. We got to get this thing moving in the right direction. So, you know, I, I still ultimately believe they think and he thinks this can be a championship team but he's not stupid he's not ignoring mm. the games that are happening in front of them and you know you see pj looking older or making mistakes or, and what have you then you say i i can't believe this is uh <laughs> this is how it's gone in year right. one of the deal because the the bigger problem is that he's under contract next year and he's got a player option in, a, in the third year when he's gonna be 40 years old which you would think he would pick up. I mean, at this point, I feel like Uh-oh. he would be an absolute fool not to cash that last, what's it? It's like $11 million or something, right? Yeah. So the other part of this Maury thing is, I remember, I think it was at the end of season press conference, either last year, maybe it was at a trade, but it was a press conference at the, at last year, Maury was talking. And he was talking about how the rules of the game don't lend itself to scoring inside the paint. And that like, it's for a center, life is harder for a center than it is when you're living out on the perimeter. Like you get more calls at the perimeter. The three-point line is obviously out the perimeter. Whereas when you're a center and you're in the middle, you have to rely on getting calls. You get banged up a bunch more. So to me, and you're around more and more, I do not believe 
Maury wants to build around Joel Embiid. Like, I do not think Maury, it, based off what he did in Houston, and then also that comment, and also, like, just where he at, he strikes me as obviously an analytically driven guy. He's big on the three-point ball, all that stuff. I do not believe that he believes Joel Embiid is who he would want to build around. Like, do you do you think that he's building around Joel because he has to or because he believes Joel is someone they can actually win with? No, I so I will push back on that. I think Maury okay. is less about a specific type of star than the level of star. Like, I think he has shown throughout his career that, and I would include the trades he made to surround Harden with guys like Chris Paul, mm-hmm. then Russell Westbrook. And then after they get Russell Westbrook, he says, I'm going to move Clint Capella and we're going to play full-time small ball with like Robert Covington as right. essentially your center. I don't think he's married to, but a, a specific type of basketball. People forget now his first Rockets teams were Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady. Yeah. And, and really if Yao stays healthy, he would have been healthy. He would have been fine with, that's your team. The, now, for what Yao it's worth, your building block. For what it's worth, the game was different then. Right. The game was not and, as perimeterly as as much as the three point shot as it as it is now. And I, but I think with Daryl, he wants the highest level talent possible, whatever that is. If if in in his heart of hearts, knowing what the game is now and how things have changed, if he could pick any star to build around, I don't think it would be Joel. To your point, it, it is mm-hmm. just harder to win as a, a big man, as your best player in today's NBA, like that we can look all over the league. That's just not how teams are built now. Right. It's not how the rules favor teams and so on and so forth. But I don't think it's like, Oh, he wants to move Joel or he would rather have somebody. Like, I, I think he views Joel as one of the best and most talented players in the league. I think what's lost in the analytics discussion is that, the Maury ball rockets and the thing in Houston with James Harden was as much about generating free throws as it is three pointers. Mm-hmm. And Joel is a prolific free throw drawer and shooter, which for a big man is a gigantic advantage to have a yeah. guy who not just gets to the line, but makes most of his free throws. That's a, a massive, massive advantage compared to most teams at that spot. And that's, if you're talking about the math and the the analytics behind that, that's a big, big deal. And I still think the game is ultimately controlled by can you get stops and can you prevent teams from getting to the areas of the floor that are the highest value areas? That's the paint and that's the three-point line. Joel gets you points in the paint mm-hmm. and Joel stops teams from scoring there. That's always going to be super now, valuable. But like, and I don't, I have them in front of me, but I'm, I don't want to find it in my phone. But if I'm not mistaken, the Sixers are not in the top half of the league in free throw attempts. And they're also, I'm pretty sure, not in the top half of the league in three in three point attempts. If I last time I looked, I think they were like 19th in free throw attempts, and they were they were around there, maybe a little higher in, in three pointers. Like, I agree. If Maury, if we talk too much about the three pointer and we don't focus enough on the free throws, like, yeah, Joel gets to the line. Harding doesn't get to the line, it feels like as much as he used to. Like it doesn't seem whether and that's not, the big deal. That's the big deal. But, but I guess what I was saying though is Joel gets to the line and Harden's supposed to. Like, how are they only 19? Like, if this is something, if the two things Maury cares about the most are free, not to put words in your mouth, but if the free throws and three point line are two things Maury really cares about, why is the team not 
for a supposing to be a championship contender, why are they not in the top half of the league in either? And I'll get the numbers while you answer. But I'm well, because James was James was out for a month doesn't help either. And then you're relying on you know the combination of Tyrese, who has gotten better but is still pretty low volume free throw wise. Uh, Shake mm-hmm. Milton doesn't really get to the line. The rest of these guys don't really get to the line. So this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It makes sense to me that right now they're not. Now, if we reach January, February and deeper into the year and these guys are healthy and they don't continue to improve on that, then that's a, a fair way of looking at it. But I, I, I do think there are a lot of things that Joel does at his position that are things that Maury values. And so I, I just ultimately think, and you posed the other question and the last pod, you yeah. said, would would Daryl trade this situation for what's in Houston yeah. right now? And there is not a fucking chance in the world. It would <laughs> All right, well, tell me why. Tell me because why. his ultimate and it's it's every executive. It's a very simplistic thing. He wants to compete for titles and competing for a title in Houston. All the young talent they have is years and years away that they, they're not even close. And what you want as a general manager, president of basketball ops, whatever, are real chances to win a title. Now, you and I can go back and forth on whether they have a real chance now based on where they sit today, but they have a much more real chance this year, next year, two years from now, whatever, than Houston has for the next half decade. I don't know if I agree with that. Houston is, if Houston had lost that game the other night, they they're tied for the worst record yeah. in, the, in the West. That's they're, fine. They're not close. It okay. takes a long time. Like perfect example. Memphis has been this fun, young, exciting team for a while now, right? For several years. Yep. John Morant gets there last This is what year three or four for him, I believe. Yeah. And they've steadily gone up in, in the league hierarchy. They're still not all that close to contending. They, they, they're losing second round. The Sixers are. But that's what I mean. But, they, but, like, okay, go ahead. They're they're much further in the curve than the Rockets are. Right. Okay. And so, so he, like if you would if you're saying would Daryl trade the Sixer situation for like the Grizzlies? Sure. Mm-hmm. He's not trading it for Houston, which is like you still have to do all the work of actually filling out that roster, figuring out which guys are like, is Jalen Green an actual franchise player or is he who is he who people thought Devin Booker right. was, which was like an empty calories guy. Now it turns out that was not true, mm-hmm. but there are guys like that who just put up lots of numbers on bad teams. And so you have to figure that out here. You have your stars. You have guys that, you know, for whatever their flaws are, Joel is a MVP level player has shown. He can be that guy that needs to show that on a more consistent basis, but there's not all the guesswork. It's not the, we don't even know if these guys will be good enough to win playoff series, let alone but, go to a, a title. But but with the Sixers, there's not much guesswork either because 
we know they're not good enough. We've spent the first two pods and neither of us have discussed <laughs> them as anywhere close to a legitimate title tight, other than injury, other than like Mo Giannis getting hurt, Tatum getting hurt and Joel being healthy. Neither of us agrees they have a chance. What Houston has is what the Sixers need, which is young guards. Like the Sixers have Maxi for sure. And we could debate where he ranks versus the Houston guards and prospects. I think Maxi is better right now and is probably a better prospect, but they have two, two legitimate guard like slash forward prospects, like perimeter guys. They have a ton of draft picks. I haven't looked in their cap space. I can't imagine it's as messed up as the Sixers one is. The Sixers are a team that for all this like title contender, blah, 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 blah. They've never been out the second round. Like you're saying it's going to take the Rockets a while to get to where the Sixers are. The Rockets would need to win one playoff round to be where the Sixers are. And I get that that's probably two or three years away, but the Sixers are at a point where their, their peak, like the best of the Sixers is gone. This arrow is down, right? Like we can, we can hope, we can pray, like we can pretend. Bottom line is the best of the Sixers is behind us, I think, when you look at their roster and where they're at. So if you're Maury, you're sitting here, you're going, okay, do I want to pray this ship doesn't sink? Or do I want to go to a ship where I have assets, young players, and the young players at positions that I believe in more than the center? So while Houston is maybe an extreme example, what I really kind of meant in that question was, does Maury think this is a, a fixable situation or would he rather be somewhere where he can build it again? Because I don't think the way this has been built and where it's at right now, and we can say, okay, well, when Maury got here, Toby was maxed out, Ben was maxed out. I'm pretty sure Ben was maxed out when, when, when Maury got here. Embiid was maxed out. Like I get he didn't have much flexibility. He would have that in Houston. But the bottom line is I do not believe Maury of where this team is at likes where it was built. And I think he'd rather be somewhere with more optionality, with more potential, almost like back in the process. Honestly, like that's, that's what I see in Houston versus what I see here. Well, so I'm going to flip it around on you again. We okay. would have said a few years ago that basically most teams in the league, if you were taking it like a general poll would have said, we will trade situations to be the Sixers, right? Yeah. They had Joel and Ben in their first year win 50 games, win a playoff series. That is a super high-end outcome for a team that was as young and inexperienced as they are. Mm -hmm. And like almost anybody, save for like a very small group of contenders, would have said, I will take that roster and their picks and what they have, and I want to run that. I want to be in charge of that. Now, how has our perspective on that group changed in the years since? And that, like they have gone way downhill from there. We're at the point where you're saying you would trade the situation that has Joel right. Embiid for one that is a team that's won what seven games this year. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I think Joel. people right. always, always, always overrate young talent. Mm -hmm. There, there are very rare exceptions where you want to trade somebody who has proven they can at least win to a certain level for someone who might win three or four years down the road. And that, that to me is the, the defining Daryl Morey philosophy. He is not all that interested in, you know, Oh, this guy might be good four years from now. It doesn't mean that he doesn't bet on, you know, developing talent or doesn't want young talent on the team. But his driving force behind all his moves, all his transactions is stars win games and stars win games when they are stars in their prime. And if you want to actually try to compete for championships year after year, and his whole thing is if you have, I don't remember if it's, if you have a 5% chance or a 10% chance, yeah, if like, you believe you have yeah. that chance to win a title, 
you owe it to yourself and your team to go for it. Those we don't have to use Houston as the example, but most most teams in the league are not even close to that number. So I don't think he's trading this situation flawed as it might be asset strapped as it might be right now and old and like sad as right talk and about it as being right now yeah. Yeah. for for like a, a pipe dream or a hope in the future he's not someone who cares about hope he wants like this is definable this is something this is proven talent this is a guy that has mvp type talent they they have two guys that whatever their flaws are are in that realm of they can go out and win you games and at their best, which who knows if they can hit it when it matters, right? can compete with anybody. And I think that is ultimately the bottom line with him. So the, the last thing I'll say to that is, if that's his philosophy and that's what he wants, then trade Maxi for somebody that can help right now. To get back to our original point, like if if you can't you can't serve both windows, right? You can't you can't like sit here and let Maxi develop while you're praying and hoping that two aging stars and it's crazy to call Joel that, but that is kind of what he is. While two aging stars try to win, twenty eight years old and he's he's about. But is to he not? Back. I mean, like, come on, is he not a little bit? He's a, a big center with foot problems. Like, I love Joel. Like, I, I he's my second favorite Sixer of all time. I get that, but like. You cannot then on one hand say Maury is a GM that like values stars and wants to win right now. And then also like, don't think he'll, I'm not saying you personally, but like Maury can't have them both ways. Like if you're going to be all in on this team, then trade Maxi for someone that can help right now, make him a move for KD, maybe do something like that package Toby. But I just, to your point, like I look at the Rockets and they have a ton of potential, but if you're going to, if you're going to ride with the Sixers team like this, then you got to pick and choose. And I, I just, I don't see any other way to fix them besides making a major trade. And I don't see how that major trade doesn't involve Maxi. That's, you know, it's fair. I've just, I'm trying to see it as they see it or as I, yeah, sort of I, how I see it too. Um, and I, I think for now, until we can figure out, the other thing is they've only played what? nine games less than nine games with all of joel james and tyrese well they're two the and floor. five with Embiid and harden i don't know right. what, how many maxi have been in there but so i mean that's not good yeah you you i know we saw the end of last year and what have you but right. it, it is a slightly different team and you have to give it some time like i'm not making a trade December 15th when the the guys who can be aggregated again are in the mix. If you get to the deadline and this looks either like a sinking ship or a team that needs the one more piece, we can have those discussions when we get there. But I I still think ultimately you have to to figure out what the hell this team is before anything else. Well, Kyle, this is why I like reality TV where it's a huge change every few minutes and you and your more sophisticated TV choices enjoy the nice slower pace of heat. So I guess I guess this uh we'll we'll find out as it goes.